kicked your father out? I, I know he wanted. He, I was like, Dad, I, this is my house. Like, do you think he like turned around when he left? And <laughs> I, it was I the guess tear of like kicking out seems so hard. Yeah, that was. I mean, <laughs> but do you think I, he, I could use that different verbiage? tires and start that fake fire it's time to go camping today we welcome a singer a songwriter a producer a man whose work has been seen by over five billion times on the internet and yet he remains a mystery but not for long because he has joined us at the fire here please welcome the best looking guy in this bus right now <laughs> mr tyler ward hey i'll clap for myself that's right. Not a lot of clapping. There's three people on. in the bus. That's right. I know my my producer's very offended oh. that he didn't pull that. He's a good looking dude though. I know, no. man. You know, it's it is an honor to be number three <laughs> among you two. You know, so it's great. I'm also I'm I'm the oldest one here in the bus too, so I can be like the seasoned you know the seasoned salt and pepper guy. So well, thanks for joining me by yeah. the fire, man. Yeah. Have you ever camped in a bus before? Never. Oh, I've camped by a fire in a bus before. Really? Yeah. Recently, like during the COVIDness, I converted my tour van into a bed and a desk and took it on the road and slept by fires. Okay, we're going to have to get a picture of that, Mark, and see if we can show uh, <laughs> Tyler. So, all right, well, that's good. So, I mean, your career's going really well, so I'm not going to assume that's where you're living right now. <laughs> no, I'm not living in a bus anymore. Okay, that's, well, yeah. you know, we'll see how we do. You okay. Know. <laughs> okay. So, we always have to start by talking about camping wilderness because that is what brings us together. Now, did you grow up in Colorado? I did grow up in Colorado. Okay, you grew up in Colorado. That seems to be like a camping, you know, mecca or yes. ground zero. So what's yes. your relationship with nature growing up? My relationship with nature is I went to the mountains maybe once a year. <laughs> Wait, you grew up in Colorado <laughs> yes. and you went once a year? I grew up in the suburbs of Colorado. <laughs> My dad was a football coach and he was like, let's go to practice. <laughs> okay, not even like family camping trips or... Crazy. So I've done the whole, like, let's go back to the childhood thing, figure that out. <laughs> we, thinking back, we went on like maybe one family vacation, but it was to visit my family in Houston. So, no. Oh, man. This is the most depressing call. I know. I, I know, thought man. you were going to tell me you, like, you know, sat on, what do they call them? Is it 5Kers or what's the, the peaks? Yeah. They, uh, yep. <laughs> you're the wrong guy. You're the wrong guy. I think to they're 14,000 feet high. Is what so I guess I'm starting to draw. You really cut out a lot of segments here. I'm really going to, we're going to quickly be able to figure out why you were in the basement recording songs. You're going to quickly figure that and out. And not yeah. out hiking nature, et cetera. Okay. Yeah. Do you appreciate it now? Do I, oh, I love nature. Yeah. Okay. I find myself connected. Get away. Go to the farm sometimes. There's a guy I met. He's 75 years old. He's a friend of mine. And he's like, You can have access to my farm. I'm like, Awesome. So I'll drive my little bus. Sit there and just stare at the stars, do meditation, just taking the peace and quiet. Dang. Okay. Yeah. So I should mention we are currently parked outside a rec center in, <laughs> yeah. middle, in middle Tennessee yes, right now. We are. <laughs> so we are not actually camping for real. Um, I know that joke's never going to get old. <laughs> but tell? I always love saying where we're actually Can broadcasting from. So we are, yeah, in a outside a rec center <laughs> near Tyler's place. So. You and then you were in Colorado, and then how did you find your way to Los Angeles? Uh, <laughs> so I, I graduated college actually, which is awesome. Hey, congrats, man! And before that, <laughs> so my dad's like, I'll give you two years to live in my basement, and you can I'll pay for everything but your cell phone bill, 
and your gas. And I was like, awesome. But then you'll have to get yourself a real job and move out. I'm kicking out basically. And I was like, cool. You can do what you love to do for two years. I was like, okay. So I just, I loved guitar. I love playing music. I felt if I could record a bunch of people, I could learn to be a producer or some sort of, I don't know, in the industry somehow because I love music so much. So I had a bunch of neighborhood friends. I recorded them as practice and I threw a few videos up online, did a few cover songs, played a few bar gigs. And how old were you when this was going this on? This is probably 24, 25? 24. Okay. So you, you did high school, you started Colorado, did high school. Did you play for your. I guess it would have been like 23, 24, yeah. Was your dad the football coach of your high school? He was a football He moved me around to three different high schools and was my football coach three different times. What? And in elementary school and in junior high. Was he getting promoted constantly? No, <laughs> he just wanted me to. He, he wanted me to be the best. He wanted me to have the, the best opportunity to get a free education. Okay. So he wanted me to get a scholarship as a as an athlete. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you and you played football. You were fullback. I was a fullback. Okay. Kind of a halfback fullback combo. Halfback fullback. Okay. Two hundred thirty pounds. Big boy. Big boy. Okay. Big boy. I want to see. Uh, <laughs> so were you kind of the? If I had met you in high school, were you, were you cool? I mean, having I, played football. Yeah, I think I think I had a, a personality that was warm. I was never invited to the cool kids parties because my dad was a principal as well. Dude, your dad's a high school football coach. Yeah. Your dad. And a principal. Yeah. Assistant. Actually, he was the dean. So, like, he did all of the, like, discipline. So, like, I, I was the kid who, like, wanted to be at the parties but knew I couldn't go. I got invited to a high school party one year. And, man, I went and it was so fun. But then I re I had to get out early just to, so I didn't get caught. You know what I mean? Man, it was – I look back and I'm like, man, maybe that's why I partied so hard in college. <laughs> man. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a whole other show where we could be on a couch dissecting, you know, oh, yeah. psychologically what what that yeah, would be I mean, like. Yeah. So how's your relationship with authority figures? <laughs> yeah, I, I rebelled. Saw okay. God as a as a as an insane person. So you, some kids rebel. <laughs> yeah. And they leave home. You yeah. fled to the basement. Um, now, there's there's so many layers to the story. I I know we're at a we're at a campsite, so that's why you gotta I'll, yeah speak away, man. I'll keep it brief, but. The rec center's open for a few more hours. <laughs> senior year, junior year, senior year of college, my parents divorced. And I was like, thank goodness. So I saw, like, family as, like, a burden. My mom moved to Texas, and my dad literally was alone, and he was working. And I was like, I guess I'll be the mediator between my parents. There's a lot of heaviness there. And my escape was creating. So in the basement, I spent hours and hours. And because of the discipline of football, I mean, I went to the Air Force Academy as well. So there was like a military bone in there where it was just like, you, you do it. You don't think about it. You just get it done. And so I took that disciplined nature and implemented it into my music. I'd spent eight or nine hours just recording, getting it done. Saw a lot of my musician friends just get real lazy. They'd write a song and wouldn't record it for like weeks. And I'd write a song and record it that night and finish the mix in the morning and release it. So it was like one of those things where it's just exponential. Um, and the cool thing was about a year and a half in, my dad came down the stairs one time and he was like, all right, so I just want to check in on you. How are things going? And at by that time, uh, things had picked up so much that I was like, I, I, well, you know, I want to buy your house. And he was like, you're kidding me. I was like, I want to buy your house. I want to turn it to my studio and my place. So I bought his house and I kicked him out. <laughs> that happened within two years. Of graduating college, you bought. Was this a hostile takeover? I mean, did you give him a good deal? No, it was a no. Yeah, and he was he was so he, like he. I bought it market value, and he, you kicked your father out. I, I know he wanted. I was like, Dad, I, this is my house. Like, do you think he like turned around when he left? And 
I, was I the guess tier of like kicking out seems so hard. Yeah, that was. I mean, but do you think <laughs> I, guess he, I could use that different verbiage? Oh yeah, no, you. Yeah, I'm yeah. just like I see him turning around, being yeah. like shaking his head, but then secretly turning around and smiling, and a tears it, like it's it's very much. He was very proud, very proud. And and also, you grew up in a state where people can afford houses. <laughs> Not California. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Okay, yeah, Colorado. 100%. Okay. All right, so you, after forcibly exiling your father. <laughs> wow. Um, you, That's good. <laughs> oh, we can fix that in post. We can just dub over some, like, <laughs> asked him to leave. Yes. yes. Uh, so you have that. So now you have this house and the studio and this militant discipline of just yeah. cranking out content. Yeah. Okay. 24, 25. And then how do we get to L.A. and this next level of Yeah, so music? actually 26 was the year I started, like, kind of, catching the i guess it was 26 when i um asked my like things started really picking up i got a phone call from um uh, universal and they called one of my friends they couldn't find my phone number or whatever and his name is epic jason jason epps he's like one of my rapper friends he picked up the phone like this is a universal he's like oh my gosh i'm about to get signed they go, uh we're looking for tyler ward <laughs> and he was oh. like ah, i guess i'll give him the phone number and i was like i felt so bad for that moment but it's like the cute they, girl calling and get friend zoned you know like <laughs> hey like is your friend there i know we talk about that a lot i'm like bro I'm, I'm so sorry anyways um i was working with a girl at the time julia Shear. she was an amazing vocalist uh she went to my dad's high school who was he was principal at and she had just graduated and so we like did a few songs together and people just loved us together so universal flew us out to new york we did the whole label thing we dated all the labels and they came out to Colorado, took us to dinner. It's been like first time I was ever at a dinner where they spent more than a thousand dollars on food. I was like, this is insane. So, um, uh, Columbia Records and RCA Records were kind of in a in a battle for us, and I, uh, I, me and Julia just we I didn't really know how to like have a relationship very well. I was very controlling and militant, and like it needs to look like this. If it's not like this, you're lazy and you need to get out basically. And she was very much free spirit, like do what she wants. Young kid, like has a boyfriend, figuring it out. And so we just didn't mesh very well, and the deal fell through. So I was like, can't trust anybody, got to do it myself. And I start, started building, 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 said no to the record label, basically, with us. They're like, if you have anything that you want us to hear, let us know. And I was like, I just kind of want to run my own business, be the CEO and the janitor of my own business. And I just really liked it. Um, so I started recording, mixing, and, and releasing all this stuff. And I remember playing a show um, the end of... Or the beginning of 2010 or 20, 2011, around that time, um, and I'd played it a year prior. I maybe brought 13 people to the show in Denver at the Hard Rock, and then a year later, um, just putting the tickets on sale or whatever, and it sold out. And I had done no promotion or anything. It was just like, here's a show. And so all these followers in, in Colorado and in the States, and especially like in Germany, um, really gravitated towards what I was doing, cover songs, originals, and, um, and I just... Set up a tour, got my friends on a on a tour bus, and started traveling the country and traveling the world. So, wow! Kind of like you're doing right now. <laughs> That's true. I'm to yeah. that same level exactly. Um, I mean, we have yet to tour with the Jonas Brothers or the Beach Boys or Switchfoot or any number of acts that you have been yeah. seen with. Or Derulo has yet to call me. Jason. Uh, yeah, Jason has not called me uh, to do a cover yet. But we'll we're talking. We'll we'll talk. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. So why? The cover thing, did that start just as you like these songs? I'm curious your process for how you pick a 
of songs. You've covered so many songs, so many specifically songs. Taylor Swift, which we'll have to get to and process because there's a lot of Taylor Swift on there. Uh, and I'm, right. I'm like, is that just because you're such a huge fan? We can. So um, a lot of people think um, this is all just, oh, you like music and you're putting this out. And there's a few people who know the business model really, really well. And it's me and a handful of other um, different, very successful, what you would consider cover artists. One initially being Boyce Avenue. And they, they kind of started the, the process before I even knew what they were doing. I saw them one time in college and was like, I think I can do something like this. But I was at the time making money playing like covers at bars. And I'd realized like um, people would respond different ways to different things and how it was played. And, and you just kind of got a feel, it was like your own like focus group. And so I'd get tipped more if certain songs were played a certain way, or if I slowed it down, it would work this way, but it wouldn't work with this one. So there was just a kind of a, a, an understanding for two or three years. Got a nice little explosion in the back there. Dude, Maybe it's, it's a, a bear. It's a Middle Tennessee parking lot, man. Yeah, anything could happen. <laughs> it's you know? crazy. You never know. <laughs> um, but just to kind of shorten that answer, uh, it it for me, it's planting seeds. Um, it's, if there's great songs, they always seem to work. People will find them if they're done well. And so I've planted um, hundreds, if not yeah, hundreds of seeds um, of different songs, different versions of them, with different people recorded for other people, have ownership and all of that, and. Um, each seed is like an investment. So um, I did a song, for example, three or four years ago. Actually, two years ago, I wanted to dance with somebody. Just an old school throwback. Dude, Whitney, you kidding Whitney. me? Whitney, yeah. Dude, that was my jam. Yeah, and I know? just slowed it down and, and, and put it out. And it, it did okay in the beginning, but then six months later, got picked up for a TV show. And now it's streamed like 32,000 times a day. And it's all over the place. And it makes revenue on YouTube and iTunes and everything. So that's just one example of just the hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of songs out there. And I knew early if I would just keep being consistent and just putting out, you know, once every two weeks or so, or once at that time, it was like once every week, um, people would search, especially the young phase of the Internet, people would search and find it. Um, and to talk about the Taylor Swift thing, I loved her. I wanted, I wanted to meet her. I had a crush on her. And I was just like, Taylor Swift, so I'll do a bunch of her songs. But little did I know, at the same time, there was a law in Germany called GEMA, and it stopped um, all of Taylor Swift's music from coming out the day it was released in the United States. It took a whole other year for it to come over there. But my cover, when they would search for it, they'd find Tyler Ward instead of Taylor Swift. So the U.S., I'd do like 200, 300 cap rooms. Um, but I'd go over to Germany and play 1,500, 2,000-seat venues, and they'd all be sold out because they were searching for Taylor Swift and found Tyler Ward. So I owe her. She's, like, part of the reason I was, like, successful in Germany. <laughs> okay. So have you um, have you met Taylor? I did, yeah. Okay, so you did meet her. And what, what yeah. was that like when you finally met and you were able to credit her with your success? I, I was, I did you also her. kick her out of your house, I too? <laughs> did her. I handed her a CD. Did you buy her house? I, I, I recorded a demo of a song called Tyler Swift. And it says at the end oh, of it, it says, I see, what I'll you, even, I see what you did there. Yeah, I'll even uh, change my name to Swift, if that's what you want. Like, I've given up the ward name and take the Swift name, if that's what you want. That's a, that's um, a lot to offer. Yeah, I don't know what I was doing. And I, I, I like, kind of blacked out meeting her, handed it to her, and she just... Um, she said something sweet. in German, you know? Yes, this is sweet. And I was like... She's never going to listen to it. And I don't remember the, the conversation. I was just like, I just met her. I just met her. That's kind of it. Taylor, I know you're watching or will be at some point. Please call us. Tyler is right here. All right. And all he wants to say is, Danke, Shane. All right? <laughs> yes. Nice. Oh. How many languages do you speak? We'll get into that later. Oh, whoa. Um, Sprechen Sie Deutsch? No. Nine? 
Um, ich lebe Deutschland. Okay, all right. Yeah. Tyler does some Tyler does some multilingual there. I, I have a lot of questions with this. So, yeah, yeah. starting with just the copyrights and the rights yeah. to all this, are you allowed right now to if, if I wanted to go out and just cover say um, uh, the thong song, oh, and I wanted to do a Throw slow back. yeah Cisco. Mm -hmm. So to quote the great poet Cisco, right? Ooh, that dress so scandalous. Right? <laughs> Were I to take that? and take an acoustic uh a bongo drum and just start you know just start doing a little medley to that does that constitute such a change in it that i because you mentioned owning that how does that process work so whoever wrote the song thong song which hypothetically or i would say I, is probably not cisco probably it's not pro a handful of different songwriters i mean it took a lot of people to it create took that a masterpiece. lot of people to create that master he might be one of the writers though um Say four or five writers wrote that song. Um, I can do a cover of that song as long as I pay the royalties to the songwriters. Um, I own the master recording. So whatever I've done, whatever recorded, whatever mixed, whatever I put out, Tyler Ward Music owns that piece of property. Okay, so for those who are new to the music industry is this, too. Is this camping, by the way? That's very camping, right? Very is campy. It, is, there a is that a Pokeball? Colorado hat. Oh, looks like a Pokeball. There goes my Colorado knowledge. <laughs> camped as much in Colorado as you have. <laughs> It's so real. Um, but in music, Suburbs. right? So in music, there there are two pieces of the intellectual pie, will yes. you? There is the master recording. So it is that event. The event of recording the song yes. belongs to Tyler Ward. So this beautiful, slow, reverent, acoustic bongo drum rendition of the thong song <laughs> belongs to Tyler Ward. Yet the songwriters who composed the original song will get paid and they will still own the publishing rights. Yes, 100%. Song. Got it. And that would be for any recording of the even the original thong song that okay. everybody blasts at their parties in 2020. That's right. And so no, one, no one can stop <laughs> us right now. Like if you, I should add you bring your guitar. No, because it is a campfire. We could have sang. Yeah. Sang, sung, whatever. Uh, okay, so no one can stop you from recording their songs. No one can stop you as long as the original song is published. Okay. So the world truly is your oyster. The world is my oyster. Now, it, that wasn't always the case before we started this whole movement. It was you had to wait at least 30 days. Now, I started covering the song. So I got sued often. But my, my team talked to all the publishers directly and individually and got permission to release the songs because they knew that they were going to get revenue from each of them within days after the, the original was recorded. So when you first started this, though, you would just do it, post it. And I had no idea about anything. Right. So when you got hit with your first lawsuit, what was that like? Uh, really, really scary. Because yeah. it was it was it was like it was, it was actually Sony who was like, you're infringing on our rights. And I was like, what's a right? <laughs> and what's infringing? And then, you know, you become your own like, so you got to you got to I actually here and here in Nashville, I found a lawyer who helped me kind of walk through all that stuff. The my distributor, we we both basically partnered together and started to understand the the complexities of the law, and we just went to each publisher and told them what we were doing, and they granted us rights, and they changed basically that law from thirty days to as long as you record it and you're paying these specific artists, we're good with it. So does that then take the take the legs out from Sony when they're suing you when you get permission? Then we, I mean, we walk through that process with them to to figure out what was okay because this whole new generation of people recording covers and then seeing revenue, substantial revenue, um, Sony was going to benefit. 
Was it a now? Was it a lawsuit or, or was it a cease and desist? It I was can't. okay. It wasn't a lawsuit as much as it was like, hey, yeah, cease and desist. Okay, so, yeah, right, make sure because yeah. I want to make sure Sony. We still would like you to sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> so, just I, sure. Yeah, it's a cease and desist, basically. All right. Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah. So you have all these master recordings of all these covers of all mm-hmm. these songs for Tyler Ward music, mm-hmm. and um, and remind me. So that law in Germany you mentioned, GEMA. What G-E-M-A. is GEMA? They were just like very restrictive of what comes in the country and what doesn't come in the country. And, you know, this was like right when digital was such a a questionable thing. You had, uh, I mean, basically it just didn't allow specific. Let me back that up real quick. They wanted to they wanted to basically separate, give the German artist like. I don't even know how to say it. It just feels so controlling. It's almost like the Berlin Wall that existed. It's like we want our artists to thrive, not the U.S. artists to thrive. So they were actually restricting the movement of U.S. music into yes, the country. Hundred percent. And then eventually they would like Taylor Swift would release her record, and a year later it would come out in Germany. Oh, so it was a, was it an artificial delay in the release of music to give presumably domestic artists a chance to it was domestic artists but but it was also like the strategy that has always existed in the record label like the record business it was an old model it was like we're going to release in the u.s then when it performs well here we'll go to this market we'll go to this market we'll go to this market and that just changed completely when youtube and the whole thing just wow we're going to take your song and everybody's going to stream it now so when streaming became a thing now it's like we'll just do one release day so you found a loophole and were able to I, it infiltrate. It was an accident. Yeah, you were able to infiltrate the German music market. Yeah, under like the a, guise of a Taylor Swift song. Crazy, like right place, right time. Didn't ask for it. It's kind of happened. I can't believe you two didn't have like sit down have a discussion about like geopolitical considerations for <laughs> the work in the area. <laughs> I you know? know. And and she lives in Nashville, right? She's 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 all over the place. Yeah. Well, I yeah. I think y'all need to meet. We need to do a camping trip with Taylor Swift. That would be amazing. I'm just gonna start. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go. I went camping with Tyler Swift <laughs> and just see if that helps our SEO. <laughs> That's good. That's good. All right. I'm work, working on that, you know. <laughs> uh, all right. So when did things start to really blow up for you? Because you're making this music, et cetera, and then you saw this model and you figure it out. Now you preemptively just welcome the, the cease and desist, but uh, you know you go to publishers ahead of time. When did things really break big for you, though? Um, for me, it happened probably, I signed a, one of the most unique record deals with a label in Germany where they had the rights, it was a licensing deal in, in Germany and in France, and then they gave me the rights to the rest of the world. So we did a, a, a launch date worldwide, um, but they had basically control of those two markets, um, which was awesome. So they did a lot of promo. I got a, an advance to make my record. I got to work with a guy who did the Switchfoot record. like. And, and co-produced that thing with a good buddy of mine, Joey Barba, who's just fantastic. And so um, that was huge to do a record deal, but also have it on my own terms. Yeah. And I was like, this is so such a unique thing. And that was um, 2013. It was like kind of right when things were, were taken off. And then 2015 to me was my biggest year because I ended up selling out um, like 12 shows in Germany um, and then doing Europe and then the U.S. and had my like bus for the first time instead of like a little 15 passenger van. And then after that, it was just like, cool, I did it. Like I, I felt like I did it. I didn't need to like climb any higher. Like the, the idea of success to me was passing out a CD in high school to my high school friends. So this had far 
So you just dated Surpassed. yourself. You know what a CD is. Oh yeah, bro. Pass that out in high school, baby. Dude, I had I had cassette tapes. I had all the Disney soundtracks yeah. on cassette tapes. Did you really? Oh, I'd make mom rewind those in the car. Gosh, mom, thank you so much because I I have this nasty <laughs> habit of listening to the same song over and over and over again. You should see our producer smiling at that. He knows that slow hand song. Uh-huh. I don't know why. I just heard that in a J.C. Penny the other day. Really? I'd never heard it before. Well, what were you doing in J.C. Penny? So. Uh, we were in Little Rock. I had actually done, we had done some research. I had just gone to my first Cracker Barrel. Your first Cracker Never Barrel? Never been to a Cracker Barrel. And uh, it was everything that I imagined it would be and more. So so a good good experience. That's right. And then there was a JCPenney across the, the parking lot. And uh, you know, when you're traveling the world in a bus like this, uh, <laughs> you really start to appreciate a good, broad, big parking lot. You know, this is great. One of those ones you can park. This place actually had RV parking, which is really cool too. I've never seen a restaurant that had an RV, <laughs> literally labeled RV spots. And uh, went to J.C. Penney, and uh, Michael Strahan <laughs> had a new clothing line, which I did not realize was there. I underpacked for this trip, not knowing how long we'd be gone, and uh, so I decided to go buy some some sweatpants, etc., which you definitely want to change into after a trip to the Cracker Barrel. <laughs> So, Dang, man. Yeah, and then they were playing this song, Slow Hands, and I was like, guys, have you heard this song? And they're like, that came out like three years ago, man. And I'm like, oh, it's awesome. <laughs> you know? I think it's that guy from I, One Direction. I so. love it, man. I, was, I, I know, we got to do an acoustic cover. That's I'm going to so come f- back and do a studio on that. <laughs> so when you got big, what was the, the height of your fame? Did you Were you going places and getting recognized? Like, what's, what's some of the things that came along with that success? Yeah, I, I, I think... That's been a probably the last probably two or three years for me has, has been kind of the unwinding of what's true and what's reality and what's my own ego and just this whole idea of can I be okay without it? Because it was such an addictive drug for me. I was like, I'd walk in a mall and there'd be a handful of people like, you're Tyler Ward, I listened to you, blah, blah, blah. Now it's like, you're Tyler Ward, I listened to you when I was a middle school kid. And they're like, you know, a pretty girl who's 20 something. And I'm like wow, that's crazy. That's a long time ago. So it was like this, Mm. it's this, in the age in the digital era, that's like almost exponential, like dog ears. And it's like, cool. Like I had my window and my shot and what I was doing and really worked hard and very grateful for the success. But that didn't really do what I thought it was going to do personally. So, so Let's unpack that a little bit. I mean, this, yeah. we're, we're violating this, this. We technically should be stargazing, but you've already brought up one of the deeper questions. So, <laughs> yeah, fame and success didn't fulfill. It 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 did for a season, of course. Um, made me feel very valued. But prior to that, um, I thought it was the only thing I needed, and when I got it, I was like, okay, what's like the idea of like what's next? And um, that's been a question I've been kind of wandering and working through as we speak even today wow yeah all right i want to come back to that because that's obvious yeah. that's a bit's a big matzo ball we have to to discuss yeah i am curious about your musical matzo, talent matzo because uh, that's a seinfeld reference <laughs> i i just see you in the parking lot of a jc finney and cracker bro with sweatpants on i don't know why i love it man yeah well do you have a picture of that because you should post one if there is <laughs> well we'll get to that in post <laughs> now so as a football player, we are not renowned for our academic pursuits often, right. you know, even though we, of course, seek to change that stereotype. Did your did you always have musical ability? Did you did you pick that up or when did you learn My, your music? I, I think so. I didn't really understand like 
more complex things. I'd say complex things. I understood like the lay person's version of singing on key. Uh, but my mom was a piano player and she'd like been in bands and got a scholarship and she's very like refined, like music education. Um, and mm. she, she, she traveled all over and did concerts and stuff. My dad can't clap in time. So he was the sports guy. My mom was the music woman and I was always intimidated by her playing. So I never like got involved cause I was like, I'm never going to be as good as mom. I'll just be an athlete. Um, but I remember at church and stuff, she'd be like, hey, can you sing for us here? And I would be in like the choir, you know, just singing. And But I remember like in high school, I tried to join choir just to see what it was all about. And I was sitting in the bass section just singing the melody. And all of a sudden this guy went to a different note and it sounded really cool. And I was like, what are you doing? You're singing off. And he's like, no, man, this is the bass part. And I was like, there's a bass part? And I was like, whoa there's different parts when you sing like there's harmonies like this whole idea that like, came to life and i was like oh that's so fascinating so that's kind of my beginning of trying to understand music was kind of in high school how many other uh members of the backfield were in choir um none <laughs> <laughs> so you were the fullback the full fullback back. yeah that's a yeah. cool that's a renaissance man yeah i was know? i was trying you know it's all for the ladies man it's all that's for right. the ladies so do people say oh man you have a you have a beautiful voice or um yes and no yeah they're like we like what you're doing. Because I, I started picking up the guitar. There was a senior who, like, I don't know, I was just fascinated by the idea, the idea of guitar. And I was like, man. And, like, it was funny because he was playing, like, the Dave Matthews Band stuff. And I was like, what is Dave Matthews Band? And then I, like, looked at it and listened to it. And I was like, oh, this guy's amazing at guitar. So I'd pick up, like, and try to learn some old school Dave Matthews stuff. And I don't know. I was just fascinated by guitar. So I picked it up, started the singing thing. and So how old were you, you think, when you Oh gosh, probably fifteen. Okay, 15. 16, 15, 16 yeah, Have you noticed how hard it is to learn things now versus high school? I have found, yeah. like, it really takes. Now, I spent after graduation about. I really wish I had not done this. I ended up get my dad did some work for Activision, and um, so we got a copy of Guitar Hero, and I ended up playing several hours a day on um, of Guitar Hero, and I became quite proficient. Had I channeled that number of hours into an actual musical instrument, you might be interviewing me, and I would be the owner of thousands of <laughs> cover songs. Thousands of covers. So instead, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna not do that. So I would love to learn an instrument. I just it's so tough when you get older. I feel like those neural pathways are closed, and I just, I don't know many people who have become super proficient in musical instruments starting in their 30s. Do you? Um, no, I don't. All right, wrong answer. <laughs> Sorry, man. So, so my dream of us collabing on a... You can do a Congo beat, though, I'm sure. Okay, so we're going to... You have to promise me, we're going to come back by the... We'll do campfire songs. Yes. And you bring out your guitar, and maybe we can harmonize. Okay. You know? Yeah. No. So are you... Uh, do you do tenor, or what's your... Uh, yeah, no, I'm like a tenor. Tenor. I I'm a baritone, a, so we could we So can we could do something, something yeah. Make something happen. All right. That's very cool. Um, let's see if there's anything else I want to get to before we get to your, your s'mores. Oh. Uh, Jilly, this one's for you. Uh, do you know what your most successful by views video is? I think I think it's uh, it's a cover of a Maroon Five song. Payphone. Payphone. Yeah, with a friend of mine, That's Katie right. McAllister. Yeah, that's right. That was fun. Good job. You know that. Do you no. know what the second one is? No idea. Me either. I forgot to write it down. Okay, cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> For people who are aspiring YouTubers, and obviously the industry is constantly, constantly going through these rebirths, yeah. what is what is your wisdom for those considering getting into the YouTube game right now? 
I, I think it's knowing yourself, picking one thing you're really good at and being consistent. Those three things. Okay. Real simple. And what has led to your decision to do less YouTube right now? Um, I, I My whole idea was I want to work really, 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 really hard in my 20s and then figure out life in my 30s. And so I did that. And now I'm like, what, what, what was the point? <laughs> and now I'm asking all the other questions. I think a lot of people ask probably when they're early 20s, mid 20s, when they don't have a career or when they're trying to figure out who they are and what they want to do. I figured out like this is working. I better run with this as, as fast as possible. So by, I mean, is abandoning too strong a word for YouTube or you're just not putting a lot of focus into it right now? Um, so it, the media shifts. Um, I still think that the cover thing works has worked so well um, that it translated to the streaming world. So like in, on Spotify now, I mean, right now it's like maybe 2.2, 2.3 million monthly listeners. And so that's like six or seven million streams a month just on the Spotify platform. Wow. So all that kind of transferred over and it's created like a sustainable business model. Totally. So you're basically all in on the digital streaming game. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. We have some friends who are just crushing it in that game. That's yeah. uh, that's fantastic. I'll cool. I'll sign up and that'll give you your, you know, extra a couple cents it? here and there. Yeah, a couple <laughs> a fraction of a fraction. Yeah. So yeah, like you know, we have these friends who are doing this campsite podcast where they travel around in a bus. Yeah, who, you know, for I've heard YouTube. about them. Yeah, yeah. for YouTube. So I don't them. know if you have any <laughs> advice for them. Hey man, um, I'll give you as much love as I can on my ghost town YouTube. Right. <laughs> you hear that, Mark? We're gonna get covered big time on this YouTube. <laughs> you get so much love. No, you can do a cover song about I it. I could. Know? I went on a bus. You know, yeah, I went on a bus. Wheels on the bus. <laughs> With Ryan Taking it way back by Tyler Swift. Yes. Yes. I love it, man. Searchable these days, huh? Do you think people can still make a good living on YouTube? Yes. I think it's a lot harder. A lot harder. Yeah. yeah. I think it takes all different platforms and yeah. creativity like you guys are doing. I think this is so unique. So I would say if you're consistent with this, I think this is going to work. And the people that you're talking to, like, it's amazing. Present company included, of course, right? Oh, psh, come on. I know, right? <laughs> no, trust me. When we release our... Actually, that'll be a new promo. We can release special songs about each guest and we can hire yeah. Tyler Ward and do covers, there you know, you go, sing about people who haven't even been on the show yet. Like Chris Pratt, obviously we'd love to go camping with Chris Pratt. That'd be so fun. We should do a cover For by Chris mouse, Pratt. mouse rat. <laughs> that would be so funny. That would, that would be so funny. We'll come back to that. Yeah. All right. Well, we've come to that. Oh, so poignant moment in any camping trip when we take a deep daring glance into the innermost being, the fiber of our souls, mind you, Tyler Ward, who has covered thousands of songs and thus, <laughs> one might say, stolen a life force from these artists, has a unique perspective to draw from all these thousands of stolen souls to create his own oh perfect s'more. <laughs> Tyler Ward. Yeah. What is your perfect s'more? think i'm so so no i like this because this is a challenge for you right yeah and now you must do your own you cannot cover someone else's s'more yeah i know okay i got two s'mores oh okay and i think this represents my dualistic understanding of music Ooh. one is try tried and true tried and true has it tried and true that's what tried i said and true, man. tried and true baby graham cracker hershey's marshmallow classic and the custom s'more like i love that it's like Give me what works. Right. That's the publishing rights. Now, give me your master's. My master is, uh, 
it, I don't even know if it's s'more, but it is what it is. It's like um, tortilla <laughs> as your base. Some sauteed chicken, cheese, another tortilla. It is my quesadilla s'more. I think you just described a quesadilla. <laughs> that is my s'more, my friend. <laughs> I will answer your question with not the right answer. <laughs> so just so we're clear, we are sitting by a fire camping, <laughs> which you never do. You are going to pull out and design a quesadilla. <laughs> After dinner, you're like, have a dessert quesadilla. I'm telling you, man. I literally at this point I was camping in my little van this this a few months ago and I was with some friends and they were like have you ever done a s'more I was like yeah I've done a s'more and I just stick the the, uh, mu the I was gonna call it a mushroom that's how good I am at this a marshmallow in the flame and yeah just that's a real special camping trip it just catches on fire <laughs> and then I pull it out and I'm like Pfft. and they're like do you realize what a good s'more is and I was like no and so like, it takes time and you got to build it. And it's got to grow. And I'm like, oh, like, you know, things in life. <laughs> and then I, I, I took my time, maybe three or four minutes on that marshmallow. And I was like, I really like this. So I had my first real s'more probably two months ago. Really? So that's why I would stay with just the traditional s'more. Well, you did mention quesadillas and I am headed to Mojo's after this. <laughs> yes, my so, man. My, my man. man. Oh, man. My record there is five tacos. <laughs> You've done five? Oh, yeah. That's great. Oh, yeah. Mark knows. I eat more this than This dude used to be 300 pounds. Yeah, I was big. That's crazy. Big boy. But not, well, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm happy I'm not playing offensive line anymore. <laughs> I was a big boy. I'd have to. I would have loved for you to block for me. Oh, man. Trust me. Well, I don't know. I, actually, I don't know how good I was. Like, I, because in high school, you're just big. And, like, that's the measure of success. Because yeah. they're like, it doesn't matter how good you are. We can, we can work with that, especially yeah. as a lineman. Yeah. Versus, like, a quarterback you can throw, et cetera. Yeah. There's all these skills. You needed a sundial to track my 40-yard dash, though. Okay. <laughs> so as long as you slow it down, you know, we'll be okay. So I'm real good on the reverse. We've already mentioned something deeply frightening, which is the absence of new growth on Tyler's YouTube page. So something even scarier we'd like to offer. <laughs> Tyler, do you have a little ghost story or something a little otherworldly you can share with us? but when you asked me you, you asked me to prep something and I couldn't think of any sort of ghost stories except like the spiritual world which hey man dude we're camping right now it's dude there's I was watching TV one night a TV show I fell asleep and it, I don't really want to say what it was because that's too controversial but it was just a normal classic TV show that I feel like brought in the spirit in a way anyways I uh, an evil spirit and I fell asleep and I went to bed and I turned my lights off with Alexa. Alexa, turn the lights off. And um, I had a dog at the time. I was in the loft, an old building from the 1800s. Um, and it was at 3 a.m. I always wake up at 3 a.m. whether it's to pray or whether it's like something's going on in my spirit. And I just like 3 a.m. is that time. And so I'll wake up at 3 a.m. sometimes, some nights when I'm not, I'm not settled. So this time I like woke up at 3 a.m. and there's nothing off. I was like, what's going on? My dog starts barking, goes to the door. It, it, across the way and just starts and I was like this is crazy and I was like Alexa turn on the lights and she goes turning on the lights and nothing worked and I was like Alexa turn on the lights turning on the lights and nothing worked and I was like there's something you get those chills and you're just like there's something there my door my, it's crazy and th again this building was 
um, remodeled after an old factory that was built in the 1800s and it have like it has like slave labor and the whole thing and un- underneath it's like catacombs it's it's really fascinating so i was i just started praying i just started praying and i was like whatever's in here you get out of here and the name like the name jesus you get out of here and walked around and started praying and dog calmed down i asked alexa to turn the lights on the lights turned back on and um i i just i remember that moment i was like there's something going on here. There's some spirit that kind of that entered. And that happened two or three times in that space. And I knew if something didn't respond at that time, there's something coming after me. Now, the craziest thing is that morning, my mom called and she's like, hey, I woke up at three. Well, two to her time. I just felt like the Lord was telling me to pray for you. And I was like, this is so weird. And I was going through some some stuff at the time. And every time my mom calls me, I had a counselor call me too. She's like, hey, I'm praying for you. Okay. And so I was just like, yeah. And it was, it. I was like, this is crazy. This is like kind of a real unseen world it's kind of coming after so after me and i was like after that moment i was like well prayer is powerful yeah now we have to ask did that really happen to you yeah it did wow it did oh my gosh i man yeah you'd be like alexa exercise this demon i know man i know man so basically you did a little (laughs) amazon prime same day deliverance you know (laughs) yes wow man you know, this is so funny. I mean, just we've been on this trip now in Nashville you yeah. know, for a couple of weeks now. You're like the fourth person who has told us they get up at three in the morning and pray. It's one of those things where, mm. yeah, I tend to be inherently deeply skeptical of anything. I just yeah, don't 100%. believe any, I'm, you know, I'm been hanging around in LA and Southern California, you know, entertainment industry, you know, buy anything. It. But it's the num- the sheer number of people who have reported waking up at three o'clock like there's just there's something there there's something about that. And even culture i think that is historically what is viewed in 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 the christian tradition is the witching or the watching hour like there's something there's some spiritual yeah. significance about it. but i've heard this from like four or five people in the last two weeks and i go they're not they're not all crazy you seem to be of sound mind and mm. i just go i mean you'd play football with me so we may be you yeah know, we, we might be a little, a little off there uh, but <laughs> I, uh, yeah. that is so interesting, man. That's uh, I've just, I don't think anyone's crazy for that. I just, I hear so many stories about that. And it's interesting. You mentioned TV. We literally were talking with someone last week and he made the case that there was a show and that his friend who deals with sort of some spiritual stuff said that, yeah, if you watch shows, you can open up the door to things in your house. And I went, wow. Now I only watch like old school sitcoms. So yeah. I think I'm covered. But, yeah. uh, you know, this this is fascinating, too, because it's like I, I know intrinsically what they're going for, um, but it's masked with an agenda that I'm just like I was just watching it out of sheer curiosity and fell asleep and was like, I, I just it's, it's wild, man. It's wild what speaks to you. So was it DuckTales? It was not DuckTales. Because <laughs> I know Scrooge. Darkwing a, Duck. Darkwing Duck. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get dangerous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> The best, since we are on music though, the best theme song, my favorite was Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Do you remember that? You can't even say Chippendale these days, man. You get in trouble. That's right. <laughs> yes, I know Rescue Rangers. Yeah, totally. Oh, man. That Made. Was, yeah, after that story, it's crazy. Okay, so you have a, we'll call it a relationship with something spiritual. Would you would you call yourself a, a Christian, just someone who believes in God? What's, uh, you know, what's, what's that look like for you? Um, for me, for me, there's nothing more important than understanding who our creator is. And I think that comes in the form physically as like the person of Jesus Christ, um, just as an example. But um, I think God is communicating with all of us in a different way. 
and very specifically for his purpose. So yeah. Okay. Very much so. I'm actually, the other thing is I'm really excited about during this time of transition and figuring out who I am. I'm, I'm in, um, getting my master's in theology. Oh really? Yeah. At Where? Denver seminary online. All right. So you're getting a master's in theology. Yeah. Okay. This is, so you're just, you're really interested in. Okay. I, that would be a stretch. I want to get my master's in theology. I'm testing it out for a certificate, but honestly, whatever, whatever I feel like is, yeah. is the next step. But did you grow up in a faith filled household? I did quote unquote faith filled, filled household. My parents love the Lord. Um, in a way that like, didn't make sense to me. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you, you've kind of a, you've been open about this on your, um, your, on your music and your, and your social, I really appreciate how vulnerable you've been with a lot of stuff, but, yeah. and a lot of the, you're such an upbeat and optimistic person. And yet you've had quite a bit of trauma and it started, it sounds like you had some really interesting family dynamics. Very much so like confusing and it's taken a long time to unpack, but there's, there's an interesting arc to this story. There's a redemptive piece. I would say excellent, and, and, excellent uh, usage of the redemptive word. I love it. <laughs> yes. So tell us about it. Yeah. Um, my, my mom was a 10 year alcoholic. Um, I would taste her diet Coke and be like, I hate diet Coke because I didn't realize it was filled with vodka <laughs> when I was like a kid. I was like, I hate this stuff. Um, so I didn't really know the taste of diet Coke. So it did you a favor actually. You're like, <laughs> I hate soda. <laughs> yeah. And, um, my mom was also a, a worship leader at our church and my dad um and her were married and they had some some stuff some of their own stuff where i saw marriage as almost like a i'm working through this too currently is as a death sentence instead of something life-giving and so when they did divorce i was like finally like you guys divorce this is great most people would feel trauma by that i was actually felt pretty pretty free and excited for both my mom and my dad um and so it, with that dynamic existing, you get really confused on who your father is and what the spiritual dynamic of a family is supposed to look like. So I, I saw um, the commands of, of Jesus or, or these ideas of God as oppression to my fun, to like, you're supposed to do this because you just want to obey. And it's like Christians don't have any fun and they're, they're all chained up basically. And the free, most free people are those we get to do whatever they want. So my idea was, um, I don't know. It was just this, let me put on my show, my shine. Like I'll go to church. I even played bass in the church. Um, but I always felt like a spiritual, like calling from, from God in a way, like he was with me, but I just chose to be like, I feel like, and I read, I read Ecclesiastes a lot and, and so Solomon who tested the world in ways of like money and women and power and he came to the end of his life and realized that that wasn't sustainable. And when I started reading that, I was like, this is me. This is me. But I really need to know for myself. So I, I worked hard, made as much money as possible, had as many girlfriends as possible, did um, tried, to, tried to soak up the world in a way of like, know me, know me, know me, know me. I'll show you my good side. And everything that was ever like true about me, I felt was hidden. And like my secret thoughts were hidden and my... My shame was hidden and I didn't want anybody to know about it. I didn't know how to talk about it. I didn't even know that was driving every decision, like the fear and the anxiety. Um, but I saw my parents hide everything, like their infidelity and the alcohol. It was like they would say one thing and do another thing. There's a song I have um, about my dad and it says, um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lyric on there, um, do what I say, not what I do. And did you forget to say, son, I love you? 
because it's like he even hid those things. It was like, I'll praise you when you score a touchdown mm. and I forget who you are when you know, you're not, you're not doing something significant. So that was my understanding of who I was. Um, so I was, I've been a performer my whole life. I've had to like understand I'm okay not performing. And that's been a whole, whole process still in the middle of that. Um, but the craziest part to me, I, I was, I remember when my dad was like, they divorced. He wanted me in the house because I was at least a friend to him. He could talk to somebody. And I remember like, it was like a year and a half in, he came down the steps with a dislocated shoulder and a black eye. And I was like, dad, what? He's like, I got him. I was like, what? He's like, I tackled him. Your mom's boyfriend. Did you know your mom was? I, I, I knew about it. I just didn't want to like even think about it. It was one of those things where I was like, I'll compartmentalize and put it over here. Let my mom do her own thing. I, I refused to talk to my mom for two years. Wow. Um, but he, it was crazy because then I, w I left to go on tour. It was like my dream just to kind of escape and get away. And things were going really well for me. But back home, um, I got a call. And my mom, she kept calling me. I wouldn't answer. And she texted me and I wouldn't answer. But she um, ended up texting me one time. And she's like, I, I feel like God is like telling me that I need to marry Tom and Tom is my, my dad and she's like I need to start dating him again I feel like I've learned who I am through this whole process and this is not what I want and I've always wanted to experience my 20s but she was in her 50s and um, so they started dating each other again and they dated for a year and he was real skeptical and they worked through a lot of things and then a year later when I was on the road they got remarried so they were divorced for five years and then remarried and I refused to go to their wedding. And so that was a whole process of just trying to unpack and, and learn to trust her again and learn to trust him. And um, I, I had to go through my own therapy and own counseling, mad at my dad for two years and then got some stuff out. Where do they stand now? Um, they're, they're, they're married. They're so. married still. And I am friends with my dad. And it's crazy. And I'm really close with my mom and Granted, there's things that we don't agree on, but I, I respect and see redemption as real. And I always thought once you mess up, you've messed up and that stays with you forever. Wow. So basically, <clears throat> that's an amazing story, man. And, yeah. and would you say that it sounds like if if something that toxic can get reconciled, then yeah, it was, pretty much it was bad, anything's bro. possible. You know, anything is possible. And I, I say this in a way just recently i've been floored been floored by what god does and if you're patient and you're just willing to just listen like waking up in the morning just being and listening god is in the quiet and he will direct your steps um just even example i, I was dating a girl in los angeles very serious for two years she followed me out to nashville and i felt i just knew i needed to spend a year and a half just solo alone like who am I outside of relationship? And I, I'm telling, even just literally like three days ago or about a week ago, I felt God was telling me in at three in the morning, like check in on this girl. And I checked in on her and I went through Instagram and I was like, I feel like I know who should, she should be dating. And I have this friend who I've gotten to know throughout the last year is just a, an amazing man, like amazing guy. And he's like perfect for her. And I was like, this is so weird. I, I haven't talked to this girl forever, but I feel like they need to meet. 
So in faith, I was just like, hey, I think you should reach out. And he's like, okay. And at 3 a.m. or did you wait for next no, morning? That, no, that, mo- that night. Because usually when a guy texts you at 3 a.m., right? <laughs> I know, <laughs> man. But like, God then, would know, hey, man. Like, I know. It's so f- weird. I know. I know. And I text, I, text, I text her and I was like, no, this is strange. She's like, this is really strange. And I was like, I just wanted to throw it out there. And they just got coffee a few days ago, and it's just the most beautiful thing. They, like, really, really, truly connected. And in that moment when he told me he's, like, really grateful for it, I was just like, this is something I've had to learn to let go of and to see the fruit of it, but, like, feel peace. And it's one of those things, like, I would never have been like, no, I don't want anybody dating this her. person. Yeah, but oh, I yeah. really do care about this person still in a way that's, like, not selfish, not for me. Wow. It's been really wild, man. So to see my parents' redemption allows me to let even go of my own like expectations. Wow. Dude, those are it's good stuff, man. You're freaking making my sizzle reel here, man. <laughs> sizzle reel. <laughs> so, that's highlights, man. That's so good. Um, okay, I want to read you something. Yeah. Um, recently, you wrote, it was on Instagram. Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Thank you for closing the door on what I thought I wanted. Thank you for allowing big dreams to come true so I understand they don't fully sustain. Thank you for cultural reasoning that worked for a season but never solved the root issue. Thank you for the dark depression that shattered my judgment of others. Mm -hmm. Thank you for pulling me out when there was nowhere to go. Thank you for this strange peace. I still don't understand it. Life ain't what I thought it was going to look like. Thank you. Lots to unpack there. Yeah, that's a lot to unpack. I know. Um, what's going on, man? Yeah, what's going on? This is like, I like this. I like this. Um, May 26th of this year, so 2020. If we're in 2021, May 26th of 2020. I think there was this there was this elevation place where I got to where I think we all get to, and hopefully God can knock that out from underneath all of us, but where I just saw myself as better than people. And I'm not saying like the stars or people who are very successful, but like better than my neighbor in a way of like, I would do it differently than you. Therefore, I don't see you as a human. It's this weird, and, and I, it, that sounds really harsh because I would be really respectful and kind, but I know internally there was just always competing in comparison, always. Um, May 26th of this year, I was in counseling and something broke in me so deeply that I was diagnosed with some stuff and they wanted to submit me to a like a six month like ward of so I don't self-harm because I was so at a place where I was like death seems so much more solvable than life and I never thought I was never that person I was always like you just work hard get through it like don't worry about it, get through it I was driving in my car it was raining I I pull over I'm with my assistant and I'm just like, dude, I'm just slumped. I was like, I don't know what to do, man. I just remember getting out of my car, leaving the door open. I was like, I, I, can't, I don't know what to do. I started running, and it was in the parking lot, probably of the Cracker Barrel you were in, but just <laughs> running around, man. And I was just in the rain, and I was just like, I don't know what's going on. Like, it was so heavy. And it lasted probably a month and a half, and I would go through counseling, and I got on medication, and the medication didn't work. And it was just, I, I it was so crazy because it, I used to see the guy on the corner as like, I'll just give him a buck, like good way for me. But then I saw the guy on the corner and I was like, I know where, I know what you're feeling, 
when you're searching like the depth of like pain I can finally have empathy towards and there's just this embracing of humanity that I didn't know existed and so there was just this break of like everything that I thought was going to bring me some sort of resolve um, although beautiful gifts are not the point it's just not the point and it's like people and relationships and these conversations and and the people you see that you interact with and even the people on the left and the right and disagreements like it's we're all made in the image of god all of us and that's so hard to see in this culture and i think it just broke me and i didn't want that i would never wish that mentality on any of my worst enemies but like we're so resilient as humans and like we i, I had to go through i went to a place called um on-site just to get some help and kind of unpack some of this stuff and my beliefs but people are like just change do better just change do better and like no one can change unless they understand why they believe what they believe so until you can like understand your belief and what is driving you nothing in your world will shift no matter how much discipline you have so that's why i believe god transforms because he can change your beliefs versus we can change our own beliefs I don't know if any of that makes sense. No, so it's, I mean, you mentioned being a, I'm actually a big fan of Ecclesiastes too. That Very was such so. a, such a practical, sobering book. But yeah. did you reach that sort of Solomon point where you were looking out going, everything is meaningless. It's sort of chasing after the wind that you had, you know, because he even talks about how he had, had had every single thing. It built everything. He'd labored and he said, it's just, what's the point? Because it's all going to go to someone else right after me. And I believe he concludes that book by saying, uh, to enjoy one's work under the sun, that's the gift from God, and to to rejoice in the creator of your youth before the dark days, this is the sum of teaching. So I've, I've always wondered, like, did he come back around at the end? But it uh, sounds like you have this really deep connection with uh, Ecclesiastes and Solomon. And I think he actually ends it with fear God and obey his commands. Yeah. And that to me is such a beautiful thing, love your neighbor, or love God and love your neighbor, but like, even more specifically, like how to love people. There, in 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 those moments where where I ask, like, where have I not forgiven, or where am I holding resentment? Um, and there are a lot of names that come to mind that has been very pressing that I've had to write down and go to for forgiveness and just conversation and rebuilding. Even though we're not going to agree on a lot of things, but just like, hey, I see you and I love you. You're so much more than the than the ideas of what we put out there. So. There's just a, there's a different compassion towards humanity. I used to go to churches to judge churches. Now I go to churches to like love with people. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's just a different way to see the world. And, and I used to make music to make money. And now it's like, it's such a gift because we are supposed to enjoy our, our work. But that's not even the point. Like, I, I, when I, I made, like, I literally thought the first million dollars I made would be like satiating like i've done it especially in a no income tax state here or <laughs> actually you were in la probably right so you didn't actually see LA. well the, well i was actually really smart too because i i made my residence in nashville and ah, i didn't spend 180 days franchise in LA. tax board no <laughs> statute limitations <laughs> <laughs> i paid my taxes in la i swear to you I, oh man it's, it's uh, too much there's some tax savings to uh i'm looking at nashville and i go yeah. oh man yeah Come to Nashville. More, I was like, Lord, more to tithe. <laughs> yeah, really, or more to bless others. That's right. <laughs> so I don't know, man. It's it's just when I made that, I was like, cool. Now what like what's next? And I was just so grateful. I remember before I even made that too, like 
there's this prayer of like, don't give me what I can't give away. Don't give me what I can't give away. Mm. Um, and he tested me early on when I was living with my roommates of like making $200 a month. And I had to pay like $150 to live in a living room with my bandmates. So I had like $50 for like food and whatever. And he was like, you need, you need to sponsor a kid. And I was just like, I don't, I don't believe in this. This is like before I like knew the voice. I was like, I don't know. But I was like, something tells me I need to do this. And so it was just like a release. And the minute I started releasing, it was like this, the, the first song hit. And I was like, oh, there's a possibility to like work. And I'm not saying that's the magical thing and it's not give to get ever. It's just being able to let go and not be the point allows you to just like flourish in ways you never thought possible. And so I've been able to let go of a lot of stuff as it's come in. And I, I pray the minute I like become like a reservoir, like don't use me, but you can be a river. Yeah. <laughs> let it flow. Before we go into our final gratitude <gasps> lightning round. Uh, <laughs> feeling all the, I'm, all, I'm feeling all the feels, no, man. Thank you. Thank, thank you for listening, by the way. No, thank you for sharing. This is, uh, this, is this is why we sit by this fake campfire so we can, we can hear these stories. I love the fake campfire. That's right, man. That's, I should just, you know, worst case, this I could just make this a cathartic, you know, counseling session for <sighs> folks, right? Come on in, get some stuff off your chest. No right? kidding, man. And show it to millions yeah. of people. Uh, you've been working on a collection of songs. Yes. Quarantine. So, like, you found something to do. That's good. I definitely did. Yeah, yeah. You know? something to do. All right, so tell us about that. It's called Songs from Nashville. And actually, it's just a collection of songs that I've written here in Nashville throughout the last probably two years. So I put a bunch of them out, but there's a handful more that are going to come on and just a compilation and it'll be on my Spotify and Apple music and the whole thing. So very cool, man. Pretty simple. One of those songs will be about today, right? One of the songs will be about Chris Pratt. <laughs> Mouse rat, dude. Mouse rat. Like, oh, we, we'll talk <laughs> offline about that. Yeah. All right. Now you have the distinction of being actually our first unmarried guest. So yes. we don't actually get to ask you about your, wisdom for how to make a lasting marriage work i need all that i can get so we'll show you you can (laughs) rewatch some of the tapes there but yeah as an unmarried man i'm curious um what uh what are you looking for as far as do you you want to get married eventually yeah i would love to okay so you want to do family and obviously writing cover songs how can you not have kids because i mean that's a great dad skill right (laughs) it's a great you you want to create the family band right (laughs) start those kids young yeah um wow what am i looking for I, i think the the biggest attribute for me i mean this is really hard because there's that superficial level where like we even talked about a little bit it's like you really want to be attracted to your spouse like that's important so i want to be attracted to them but i think that comes in so many forms one physical beauty you're like oh you're beautiful but two like for me is is someone who's who owns themselves in a way like they're just really honest yeah they're not trying to hide anything they're not trying to fake anything they're not trying to get around anything but they're like this is who i am and, and also someone who just really believes um, the same thing I believe, like equally yoked as far as like spiritually. So someone with the same values. Same values, yeah. Now this is a veiled way for me just to get a bunch of email addresses from yeah. <laughs> submissions. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah, so please, we'll get to get our inf- contact info later for submissions. Yeah, right? and it's, it's hard for me to start with that like beautiful thing, but like if I'm being real, like that's like, kind of important. No, I think you would want that too. Like, I mean, flip it around. Would you want someone to be like, you know, Tyler, like, yeah, like I, I mean, I was able to get past my lack of attraction (laughs) for you and really discover how beautiful you're like, no, you both sides, right? People want to, I I think anyone in a relationship wants to feel 
desired yes. by the other person. And the thing I've learned too, just kind of studying humanity in my own thing is I find things attractive in a female that you're not going to find. So that's why there's like a person for you and a person for me. Not necessarily a person. They're probably a thousand people for me and a thousand people for you. It's us narrowing it down to say, who do we want to pick and choose? Totally. Pick and choose? I guess that sounds like... So it's the same way you pick which songs to cover, right? You just kind of look and see what draws you to it. Yeah, what draws know? me to it. Like, you're probably not going to be drawn... I won't be drawn to the thong song as much as you are. Now, I, you know, That'd I be a good wife for you. From. I tried to come up with a song. I don't know why <laughs> that popped into my head. I love that song. I haven't heard it in forever. It was big when I was in eighth grade. Yeah, dude. The thong Middle song. School. Yeah. Cisco, because Drew Hill was their predecessor. And, they he, were had, great. He, had, and he had white hair. Yes. Oh, African-American Cisco. dude. He was, Cisco was so cool. I couldn't dance at all. Still can't. But uh, it was, I loved the thongs. I, yeah. but I was in, I was listening to all the wrong music in middle school. I was, I was never into Blink-182 or any of the, <laughs> the big bands or Green Day. That was sacrilegious. I liked old stuff like Led Zeppelin and Elton John and Billy Joel and Rolling Stones. Prince. I was a huge Prince nut. Prince is still one of my all-time That's favorites. awesome. Rest in peace, Prince. He was the man. I do that. Okay, final gratitude hour here. Okay, what are you super thankful for right now? Just a couple things. Man, I'm I'm so thankful to wake up every morning without anxiety. Amen. That's like a, like because it was like six months, man, and now I'm just like, wow, this is this. I remember this. Thank you, God. And that's where I start. That's awesome. <laughs> that's very cool. Yeah. What else? Um, I'm grateful for the ability to do what I love to do for a living. That's crazy. Yeah. That's a gift. Um, and I'm thankful to be able to create, like, to be able to um, bring community together to, like, just honest community together. I really want people to understand who they are, like, without, like, you can, you can make things up with people. People aren't honest. So, like, just to draw honesty out is so, like, valuable to me. So, to create environments of that, I, I love that. I'm thankful for that. All right, cool. Yeah. What's a perfect Saturday? Sleep until like nine. Kind of love watching a good college game. Mm. Um, having breakfast with friends probably while I'm watching the college game. Is Air Force your team? No, Air Force is not my team. I actually don't have a college team. I got a lot of pro teams. I respect college teams, but USC is probably your favorite, right? USC. <laughs> if you guys can be Alabama at some point, that'd be amazing. <sighs> <laughs> I do want to go camping with Nick Saban. Yeah, that's a that's a program. Like, it blows my mind. Oh, is there any debate that him and Belichick are the best coaches? I mean, I, my mom went to the University of Florida, so I can't believe I just said that, but I just, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm, all right, so Saturday breakfast, watching Like a, a jog, a yeah. great couple conversations, and end it with, like, maybe, like, a, just a, I don't know, just a good, good night with friends, you yeah. know, dancing, a little thong song. Who do you... Uh, <laughs> Bongo version. <laughs> Ooh, that dress so scandalous. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. And you know I can't handle, handle this. <laughs> Sorry. Um, you have to pay the songwriters now. That's right. No, we 15 seconds. We're not even, right? I don't even know, man. I just Fair know usage, right? There fair you go. Usage. You're good. You're good. Anything can hide under fair usage. <laughs> um, who do you owe big time that wow. you probably could never repay? And I'm going to exclude because parents, we know. They, my mom always says, I brought you into this world and I can take you out. <laughs> but who do you owe big time, man? There's two things, two names that come to mind. One is a guy named Ted Klontz. He's a 75-year-old dude who walked me through some of my darkest stuff. And 
I love that guy. Secondly is my friend Jacob, who's my assistant actually, and he also was with me in that season. I just like he just he just a good dude, man. He's a guy of integrity. And then a third guy, I I love um, Judah Smith and his character and nature and who he is. I've always admired him. And being under his leadership for a while was really inspiring. That's awesome. So, That's very cool. Yeah. Well, we normally close with the question of what would you say to your spouse, um, but you don't say enough. Uh, is there someone important in your life that needs to hear something that you have not said or don't say enough? I don't say enough I love yous out of fear because I like don't want to give away my I love yous because I feel like it's meant for like one thing. And I feel like if I give it away, it's almost like giving away your virginity. You can't ever get it back. But I feel like. <laughs> wow, we have another section to go in. <laughs> but then that's a whole like idea that's been warped in my head. So I think I just I think I need to tell people I'm closest to that. I love them today. And I'll be reminded of that. Well, Tyler Ward. Thank you for camping. This was so amazing. I really appreciate your vulnerability, your openness, and uh, I promise to never send you a cease and desist. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Unless you record me doing something really, a real poor performance. You know, I would love to harmonize with you sometime. I do hope you will come back and camp with us. One one thing I want to say for anybody who's listening, just I don't know why I mean, this came anybody, to anybody, everybody, <laughs> to whoever, whoever's listening right now, for all the whole world who's listening right now. Ask for permission later. Act first. Act. For, ask for permission later. That's all I want to say. I love it. Right. Easier to ask for forgiveness, right? Redemption's a real thing. That's right. All right. How many Yelp stars would you give this interview? I loved it. Isn't it fun? What is it? Is five out of five? Is that a thing? Um, yeah. So four and a half. Probably. Well, like any good cover artist, we've covered a lot of ground today. So thank you, Tyler Ward, for camping with us. We'll see you next time. Cool. Do 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 do. Sports. <laughs> <laughs>